0: From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to Crozier Cast. I'm Suzanne Hammonds, Director of Communications, and as always, with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you this morning?
1: I'm doing great, Suzanne. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Can't complain. Especially because we are in um, a great season, which is the season of Lent. Now, if someone's listening to this later. And we usually do an episode every Lent, um, we've had a couple before, but it's sort of an important enough topic that. We like to revisit it. So, um, what do you, when you, Bishop, are entering into the season of Lent, what do you, how do you like to start off?
1: You know? So uh, generally what I like to do is I like to um, look at Lent about a week or two prior and say, okay, what's going to be different about Lent this year? And um, I try to look at if I have any vice, how to, how does that move to virtue? Those are the, the things. So. What I might try to do is is work on one thing. So, for example, I might try to work on gossip, mm-hmm. and um, and just focus this particular um, Lenten season on that. It doesn't mean that I'm not working on other virtues, but this might be the main one, or prudence, or fortitude, or something like that. I might try to try to try to work on on that. And so I'll look at it on the outside, and even sometimes people who are close to me, I'll, I'll ask them what what sort of what do you think I need to work on this Lent? And it, you ask them to be honest with yeah. you. Sometimes it can hurt your feelings, but that's okay. You want your friends to be honest with you, and uh, maybe a husband could ask a wife, wife could ask a husband, children could ask parents, siblings, things like that. And uh, just be prepared. You're, you're giving them, you're giving them um, permission to be honest. And then I'll, I'll take a, a, a particular um, struggle I might have, and then focus on that during the Lenten season. So I try to do that at least a week or two out. That's great. It's funny you mentioned gossip
0: because that was my big one um, last Lent. And so the way that I addressed that was giving up social media, mm-hmm. which we see a lot of people do, um, and it really did help a lot. And since then, I've, I've actually almost never I've never gone back to most forms of it. Um, but it's yeah, it's funny you say that because that is such I found that to be so beneficial personally, figuring out, you know, what do I need to work on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. and yeah, so I, I gave up. Um, I always do the Lenten fast from Facebook. Oh, yeah. I post that right away. And it always cracks me up because I know that people like it and or it may send me messages on it. I'm thinking, well, I can't
0: see it. I'm not looking at it.
1: I'm fasting from it.
0: <laughs> what about if we, so we're now, you know, um, almost a week into it since Ash Wednesday and if someone is still sort of unsure, maybe they put it off to the last second or they tried something and are having a hard time sticking to it, what would be your advice? Um, because we still have five weeks, you know, we still have the whole...
1: We do, we do. So it's never too late to start. Yeah. yeah, never too late. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that you, you, I mean, you could wait all the way to Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday of Lent, or here we are, you know, a, a couple, of uh, Tuesday of Lent um, in the first week. You can wait until then, or if you realize oh, it's, it's a little too late, it's not too late. And you can take a look and say, what, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And so even talking about that, what do I want to do? We, we have the three basic tenets of, of Lent, which are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And they're really not an end in themselves, but they're, they are a means to an end. And, and I would say the means to the end was so, for example, is gossip. If we want to grow in the virtue of, of prudence, and not give in to gossip, or growing the virtue of charity, and not give in to gossip. Uh, we can assign our prayer, our fasting, and our alms giving with that intention in order to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something we can do.
0: Can you go into a little bit of detail about each of those? Sure. So prayer, to. fasting, and abstinence.
1: Yeah, alms giving. And I'm prayer, sorry. Yeah. Alms giving. Yeah. So, um, so we'll start out with prayer. Obviously, prayer. Um, is raising one's heart and one's mind to God. That's the definition that the Catechism gives us. So um, it's that lifeline with God. It's a communication with God. And really, most of our prayer should be listening. I think a lot of times we get caught up in talking, 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 especially in our world. And most of our prayer should be done listening. Um, you know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So, um, increasing prayer, the highest form of prayer that we have is the Mass. A lot of people will say, I'm going to go to daily Mass during Lent, which is great. That's how I started going to daily Mass back in 1990. Uh, during Lent, I decided I'd go, and I haven't stopped since. Um, so, there's some people want to do that. We want to maybe, um, if we're not praying the Rosary, maybe add the Rosary each day, or Chaplain Divine Mercy about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the, the Hour of Mercy. Um, Making a holy hour, maybe once a week or daily or twice a week or whatever the case might be. Praying the liturgy the hours, which is the official prayer of the church. There's all sorts of things that we can do, but I think what Lent allows us to do, it allows us to take inventory of our prayer life and say, how is my prayer life? Is it good? Okay, if it is good, it can be better. If it's non-existent or if it's on life support, then I need to really kind of step it up. And I was even listening to, there's a little quote today from St. Catherine Drexel where she said, you know, it's we are not the ones who pray on our own. We are not the, um, it's it's not our strength that prays, but it rather is Christ who gives us the strength and Christ who prays through us. And I always think that, that uh, uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that even means prayer, allowing Christ to work us work through us in our prayer. Um, another thing I think is popular during Lent is the uh, Stations of the Cross. Traditionally, people will do them on Fridays. You can do them every day. We do them at our retreat center on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and that's something that I lead. And so, there—that's another another form of prayer to add add into one's uh, prayer life during Lent. Yeah.
0: If someone does the Stations of the Cross at home, um, do you have any special advice? For the, or can you do it at home versus going to a parish? You can, yeah. So
1: maybe if somebody's homebound, you can do it. And there are all sorts of resources online. You can get little mm-hmm. booklets mm-hmm. Uh, that have them with images. So my recommendation was, it would be, if you're doing it at home, try to make sure that you you have an image so you can meditate upon the image. And then maybe some prayers. You know, We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you but it's because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that's the the prayer that generally goes with it, and then we can also have reflections, scriptural reflections, things like that. So you can do it at home. Um, you you can also do it at the church. You can do outdoor stations, things like that. But if you're homebound, I think that's something to remember too. You can you can do it at home, and maybe if you're homebound because of some uh, maybe a particular pain or sickness, you know what a great thing to do to be able to offer up that pain or that sickness for the intentions of the church, for a particular intention, somebody in your family, whatever the case might be.
0: Yeah. And then, so the second facet would be uh, fasting.
1: Sure, sure. So, a couple different things. Um, We might abstain from something, right? And, um, you know, fasting really kind of takes a look at, you know, the. kind of the reduction of, of food intake, things like that. And then the other one is abstain, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So fasting and almsgiving, they kind of go, or fasting and abstinence kind of go together. So we might abstain for something. So let's let's take a look at that. Um, some people during Lent, this is something I've done since I was ordained a priest, um, because I see in society the, the horrible effects of alcohol. Um, I always give up alcohol for Lent. And you don't have to you know, continue whatever you're abstaining from on Sundays, because Sunday is a day of recollection. If you pull the Sundays out of the count for Lent, you'll realize that's how you get 40 days. If you keep the Sundays, it's more than 40 days, because it's always a day of the resurrection. You don't have to uh, do those things, whatever you're, you're abstaining from, but you can. So, for example, uh, alcohol is something I keep all the way through. Um, another thing that I that I'm abstaining from during Lent is TV. <laughs> uh, now, this is this is where I be on, I'm honest with you. On Sundays, I can I sit down and watch TV. That's
0: <laughs> coming up on March Madness. Yeah, yeah you gotta it's be a reas- tough day. We Gotta that's be reasonable. <laughs> a, my cats aren't
1: playing too well, so I'm worried that they're not going to make it fast. the first Thursday Friday games. But we'll see what happens. Um, so that's that's one of the things that. That's uh, one of the things that I abstain from. There's a number of other things, too. But I, I think, you know, a lot of times when we do fast, when we do abstain, I think we want to look at something that's going to require something of us, that's going to be difficult, that's going to maybe cause a little suffering or a little pain or a little uneasiness in our life. You know, don't choose something, you know, like I don't have a sweet tooth. So for me to give up candy, would be ridiculous. Yeah. I just, I just don't. I don't have a, I don't have a sweet tooth. But if there's something I really, really like, and um, that might be something good, and yeah. Good to do. Um, I, I think a great thing if people do it. I think a great thing to to give up at the beginning of Lent, work work, work through with smoking. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, it's a tough one, but yeah. I think it's a it's a good thing to do, um, during that time and then carry it through. Yeah.
0: yeah. What I like, one thing that you do too, and this. Actually, it's it's interesting because um, people recommend when you give up any kind of a habit, especially a bad habit, this is a great way to stick with it, is to replace a bad habit with something beneficial. So every Lent, um, or at least many Lents that I've talked to, you give up all radio except for Catholic radio, correct? I do. I yeah. do.
1: And the other one i had add in there is, in, because I started doing this in the last year or so, is I listen to Catholic podcasts. yeah. Um, that's the other thing. So yeah, I do. I give up. I'm a bit of a sports talk junkie, yeah. and um, and especially with the NFL draft coming up and all these, you know, the combine and all this stuff that I pay too much attention to, <laughs> and um, so I I give all that up. Yeah. And I find that when I get to the end of the Lenten season, that there's it's 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 very fruitful. And I also to get to the point where like I really wasn't missing it. Yeah. And um, so maybe um, what I hope at the end of each Lent is I um, I'm less likely to tune into the sports talk and maybe tune a little into to um, to Catholic radio or Catholic podcasts or just silence. Yeah. I spend a lot of time on the road, so that's another another thing. But yeah, you you create a vacuum and you have to fill that vacuum. Or if you don't, something else will fill it.
0: Yeah. So it's also in a way it's an opportunity to build healthy you know good habits for. Uh, you know, I think sometimes people look at I'm just giving up this thing for Lent, and then it's back to normal. But if it's something you really want to work on, you can replace it, and that really helps build a more beneficial habit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, like you said, smoking. Maybe somebody chews gum instead. I mean, I don't know if that sure. Yeah, help. <laughs> you
1: go from vice to virtue. Yeah. If you're giving up a vice or so really trying to work on giving it up, you you it helps you because a lot of times you know some a vice can be habitual. Mm-hmm. And we can say, oh, I'm going to start to work on this one. And then what we do is we, we replace the, the habit of vice with the habit of virtue. And so, like I said, it becomes habitual.
0: Do you think that that's a good thing for people to keep an eye on? So when they look at, you know, either doing something, let's say forming a habit like going to Mass, praying the rosary, or giving up something... Would you recommend that it be with an eye to maybe forming that habit throughout the whole year and not just during Lent? Yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, and and yes. Yeah, I think that's especially yeah, if it's something that's not good, something that's harmful, something that's sinful, just you know, something selfish. Yeah. Um yeah, you want to give it up for good. Yeah. So it's a good time to work on that. And you don't want to say, okay, here's you know, Easter's here. I'm going back to that bad behavior. That <laughs> just is. I guess that's kind of common sense.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, you mentioned too that you started doing a uh, daily mass, correct? One time in in Lent, and then that changed your life. Back in, in
1: 1990, really. Yeah. That's what. That's what did. That's the big change in my life. I made the decision to, on a Nash Wednesday to go to daily mass, and um, that changed my life because. When you go to Mass, you have a guaranteed encounter with the living Christ. I knew that I was encountering Jesus in word and in sacrament. And I came to be, spend more time with him, which meant I came to love him more, and which meant I came to trust him more. And then he revealed his plan for me, my vocation. And because I, I loved him more and trusted him more, then I was able to say, okay, yes, Lord, I know that this is, this is what you want for me. And that's that's what set me on my path to discovering my own vocation. Yeah. So if, if we don't know our vocation, that's a great way to do it. If we know our vocation, we already have. It's a great way of strengthening it.
0: Yeah, that's a great point too. So even for those like you said, I think that, that already know it, or people that maybe have a baseline habit, strengthening habits that you might already have. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. And you think about, you know, you think about the apostles when they first encountered Jesus and. And I'm sure they had all sorts of bad habits, you know, like we all do. We all have sorts of bad habits. It's it's uh, kind of some of the consequences or the effects of the fall. And you can imagine as the time went on, spending more and more time with Jesus, how a lot of those bad habits started to fall by the wayside and they started to, um, you know, put on virtue as They started to put on the new man, put on Christ. You can see that throughout their lives, their lives started to change.
0: My favorite is when they're still bickering about who Jesus likes best. Oh, yeah. And I see myself in that a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm the favorite, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, kids do that with their parents yeah, and stuff exactly. like, although I know I'm the favorite <laughs> yeah. in my family, kids do that with their parents.
0: <laughs> so, um, could you, real quick, before we move on to giving touch on the difference between uh, fasting and abstinence?
1: Sure, so if it's, it's a lot of times they're kind of used interchangeably, but, you know, fasting essentially is the reduction of, of one's intake of food, where it Abstinence, it kind of refers to refraining from something. Um, so, for example, on Fridays, yeah. we abstain from meat. And so, um, if we want to look, we have two days of fasting um, and abstinence throughout the year. And those are Wednesday, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Yeah. So we fast in terms of food intake, and we abstain from meat. And the reason why we abstain from meat is we recall that Christ gave up his flesh on on Good Friday. So that's that's the difference between the the, the two. Um, You know fasting we might even say has to deal just simply with uh, the amount of intake where abstaining can deal with lots of things. You know like I said the two days that we do have those both fasting and abstinence are Good Friday-Wednesday but on each Friday of Lent we abstain from meat. And actually the church uh, wants us to do that throughout the entire year. Once mm-hmm. up to abstains, she really never gave up that that discipline um, to abstain from something. And sometimes we're unable to. And if we're unable to, what the church asks us to do is to do something else. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a good. I think that's a good point because many people erroneously think it. The abstaining for me is just during Lent, but technically it should be yeah, every Friday the year. And like you said, let's say something happens, you can't do it. So make a sec- a different sacrifice, correct?
1: That's throughout the year. Throughout the throughout I'm the year not not talking Lent. about just, yeah, Lent. Not just yeah. the yeah. <laughs> the rest yeah. of the year. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um and then finally almsgiving. <clears throat> what does that entail?
1: So I think almsgiving gives us an opportunity to, you know, as, as the scriptures say, well you know, love your neighbor as yourself, uh, the second commandment which is like the first to love your neighbors, yourself and to think about in the world there's always somebody who's less fortunate than I am. And with almsgiving, what we can do is we can give of our, our resources, our treasure, mm-hmm. you know, in order to, to help to, to serve someone. So for example, um, in our diocese right now we have our, our Faith in Action Today appeal, which is our, our diocesan appeal. In our diocese we have the missionaries of charity who do wonderful work with the homeless. Um, we have the Little Sisters of the Poor, who take care of the aged, the infirmed, um, those who have no place to go. So those are, I think those are, in our diocese, those are the, the obvious ones. There's great uh, organizations like Saints of Vincent de Paul, which I grew up doing in my family, which also again helps to to serve the poor. It was started by Frederick Osinom. Um There's all sorts of different ways that we can do that. And maybe, you know, with our mm-hmm. almsgiving, maybe we want to a step up what did we do with our tithe our weekly tithe again this can give us a chance to say well what am I doing with my weekly tithe mm-hmm. am I really giving of my resources you know am I am I am I giving of uh, um, just of my surplus or am I giving my first fruits to the Lord that's what the, the tithe really meant that tenth was the first fruits of the Lord and then everything else came after that so tithing helps us to I think, Help to serve our brothers and sisters who are in need.
0: Yeah, and you know I know especially in our diocese there are many people um, who do have a hard time even just making it paycheck to paycheck. So a good way of alms giving would be to give of your time as well, correct? Like volunteering or sure, being sure. charitable, things like the prayer.
1: Yeah, know? Archbishop Murphy, he was the the former Archbishop of Seattle, and he he understood uh, stewardship better than anyone I'd ever heard. He came to speak to us in the seminary. And, and he was just a tireless worker, even tireless when he had cancer, he eventually died from cancer. But he would talk about stewardship and what stewardship meant. And he said, with a stewardship is, is somebody who realizes that all that I have, all that I'm able to do, uh, all that I am, is a gift from God. So God has been generous with me, and I'm called to be generous in return. And so we would talk about we talk about time, talent, and treasure. And uh, Archbishop Murphy liked to use, rather than treasury, he liked to use resources, which is a little more all-encompassing. And um, so we, we take of what we have because God's been generous with us, and in turn we are generous, time, talent, treasure. So those are, those are ways that we can be uh, generous in our almsgiving. Right. Okay,
0: um, anything
1: else that you'd like to leave us with? Today? Well, you know, it's uh, the Lenten season, it's, it's not a dreary season. It's not a sad season. I think it's a joyful season because it gives us an opportunity to grow in grace, to grow in virtue. And I use that word opportunity because that's precisely what it is. It's an opportunity. And in doing that, we're not alone, right? Jesus is always with us, but our fellow brothers and sisters in our communities are with us too, so we're not alone. And um, we can help to support them, and they can help, help to support us. And um, so, I just take advantage, take advantage of this great opportunity, this time of grace and this time of growth and virtue that the Church gives us.
0: And you know, I don't think we've actually ever done this on the podcast, but since, since it's Lent, um, as we close out, could you give a blessing for those who are listening?
1: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, may the Lord in His love and His mercy pour His Spirit out upon you and bless you and keep you during this holy season of Lent. May all that you do be to the greater glory of God And may, through this sacred time, may you become more Christ-like. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Well, thank you once again, Bishop Wall.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, Suzanne.